Welcome to tonight's episode of From the Street to the Pulpit. I'm your host in the morning. Soon we'll be joined by our panel. Tonight we're going to talk about restoration. We'll talk about the newness for the new year, which consists of a new mind to make you a new man for a new year. Man is blessed with a powerful tool. Our thought life is so powerful that it charts the course of our destiny. The author of Proverbs states, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What thoughts are you streaming through your heart today? Are they thoughts on life or death, health or sickness, love or hate, faith or fear? Because what you think today will produce your tomorrow. Quote for the day for me is your thoughts exposed who you are are the results of good thoughts. Without further ado, let's right into the Good evening. Good evening. Top of the year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yes. So for this new year, let's talk about becoming a having a new mind to make your new Okay, hello? Yes, can you hear me? Oh, okay, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, so we're, we're talking about having a new mind? Yes. Okay. I know it's hard for some people to, to really fathom or understand that your thoughts actually produce the Bible, that isn't necessarily my uh, field of operation. But I know it speaks of the, the power in the tongue. And you can bless and, or you can curse with the same tongue. You can build or you can kill with that same tongue. So the things that we say, we don't realize the damage that it's done. And I was always taught, you know, sticks and stones may break bones and all that good stuff. But the part that was left out is how the words can cause years and years of counsel. That's the part that we left out. So you must watch what you say as well as the sticks and stones that you, that you use as weapons also. Because... The words can also be weaponized. Would you agree? I do agree, and and that and in that very saying, it, it goes: sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And and you're right; that is not true, because words do hurt. Words can change the course of your path. Words can alter um, your life. It can, again, as as you as you said, it can build or destroy. So your words do hurt. While they may not um, leave a scar, a physical scar, such as sticks and stones, you know, um, words can change your life. And having people and allowing people to speak into your life um, can be detrimental. 
you know, the older the older people say, you know, if I can't do anything to help you, I won't do anything to hurt you. If I can't speak good to you, for you, on you, then I really shouldn't speak to you at all. Because if not, I can um, do years of damage. And sometimes it's unrepairable. Because what you don't realize, and we, we spoke about this, this last year, is especially in our home front, we've had mm-hmm. so many times we've been told so much, and we believed it, and it and it bared fruit in our lives. Well, excuse me, bared weeds in our lives, and it destroyed a life from relationships to, um, well, let's just say relationships of every kind, and that became a huge problem. Even if it was unsatiable uh, of anything, you know, it's never enough because you're so used to um, your thing or you never have anything or whatever. So you're going to keep going and going and grinding. So you have that's your narcotic, if you will, because this is what you was taught. So you don't know that the words that were spoken to you are actually. To your detriment. Mhm. You are exactly right. I don't even know if they know that or or are mindful of that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that many people are. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been going. I like to think that I grew up in church and I've been doing this church thing, you know, for a long time, but. Um, you know, and until I would I developed a relationship with with God for myself and and lived for myself and read and for myself, you know what I mean? It's um I there there are a lot of things that I've found out in growing in my faith that um that was not poured into me at a young age. Um, and so I've tried to do better, right, because I know better. And so I've tried to do better and be careful about the words that I speak and the words that I allow are spoken to me um, for that reason. And, and especially when, when you talk about new mind, um, you know, God God knows the heart. And, and you know, you try, we we pay so much attention to safeguarding our heart, you know, um, if we forget the mind, you know, we forget sometimes how powerful the mind can be if we allow it to get away from us. And when I say get away from us, I mean, you know, some people have literally lost their mind. Why? Because they, they allowed them, their mind to be used, um, by whatever, by spirit, um, and, and you can spirits can be whatever from from alcohol type spirits to you know uh, real evil spirits, so to speak. Um, but people have have lost control of their mind, and um, we forget that in prayer we we should ask. God to renew our minds, restore our minds, because they get run down, you know. Um, so, 
you know, I've been. Go ahead. I didn't grow up in church. I grew up in church, right? Um, and and I said that specifically because I was there, but I really wasn't taking part. For whatever reason, maybe because I know the personally. Uh, maybe I was young or what have you. Who knows? But either way it goes, um, I was around. And those same ones, you know, who were doing, doing the delivering were the same ones that was kind of I'm sorry, I can't hear you. You're blinking. Hello? I know it, to some it may be semantics, but by definition, curse and cuss are different things. If you tell someone that, you know, they're not going to be anything or you're going to be just like the rest of them, um, especially if you, your, the environment isn't conducive to a healthy lifestyle, per se. You know, that that's that's a curse. In fact, it could be a generational curse. That's the reason why they're saying it. But anyhow, that's the reason why I said it the way I said it. I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up with the church. We have another call. Let's, uh, Let's get another perspective. Zero three four zero. Good evening. Yes, sir. Good evening. Good evening. So, um, man, a lot said. So when you were speaking about, you know, speaking things, and you know, I'm a firm believer that if you wake up in the morning and say I'm gonna have a bad day. It's truly going to happen. And you talked about, you, you know, I, I tell folks often, that they, man, I'm having a bad day. And my reaction or my response is, you can't have a bad day. You can have a bad moment. It's up to you if you have a bad day going forward for the rest of your day. You can have a bad right now. Um, when you were talking quick about the power of the tongue, right, it's in Proverbs. I think it's also in <clears throat> book of James and it's talking about bridling the tongue and the power this little tiny thing inside of you has so much power that we don't recognize positive power in both negative as well um, mm-hmm. you, you know you and you you and I could link up at any time and man I could just you, you, you could just go upside my head knock my head up two or three weeks from now nobody ever knows I'll probably forget about it You'll forget about it. But you start saying some things about me. You start dragging me through the mud with your tongue. You can ruin our life, ruin my life, ruin our relationship forever. Because the next time I see you, that's all I can remember. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The way you talk to me. The power of that little tongue. So you think about the tongue. That it, in the Bible, it talks about bridling of a horse. That, that little bit in a horse's mouth can be used to steer this mighty beast this big horse. Um, I had a hard time understanding it at first, but if you think about, if you ever see a ship, I'm not talking about a little John boat or or a little fishing boat, a a big ship. If 
you were to lift that ship up out of the water and look at the size of the rudder that's used to mm-hmm. turn that ship is very small in relation to the size of the ship, ship. but it has a lot of mm-hmm. power, a lot of power. And that, that's we have that same power, and we can use it for the positive or for the negative. I agree. The influence. Um, you made mention of the ship, and you're absolutely right. The rudder is very small, but it influenced that ship. You are so right. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You're right. Let's have Miss Quick Time there. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great analogy. Um, but. I um I definitely agree. You know, you <laughs> and I don't think that people realize just how powerful um the tongue is, as you both said. And and you know, um they don't realize that you can change the course of your day, the course of your life just by speaking things into existence. You know, you wake up mm-hmm. and you give praise to God for being up, but you also say today is going to be a good day where well, you've already set you know, your foot in the right direction simply by saying that. So I think that when we speak um, positivity, um, we we purposely do things to, to make our day be a good day. Like, you know, for instance, if you go to the grocery store, if you have an encounter um, with someone at work, you know, to make your day a good day, they bump, in, bump into you in line or, or – you know, if they if someone at work closes the door on you or lets the door go, you know, instead of being negative and, you know, thinking you you may let them have a word or two, you you've already spoke the good day into existence. So you 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 on purpose you ignore it. Well on purpose, you know, if you do approach them, you approach them in love and not out of out of haste. Um so I think that when you know, we need to be more mindful of that and we need to be able to do live on purpose. You know what I mean? When you know, when we if if we set the tone for our day, um when we wake up. It's you know what I'm saying? I do. It is very clear. I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I I had for some reason I was disconnected, but go ahead. I'm listening. You 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 very you got to claim it, and when you start you start your day, of course, like you said, you thank God and you claim your day. Even if you stump your toe, like like the brother said. That's a bad moment. You can all you can change that course by changing your thoughts. Now, granted, it may hurt, and you may let out a swear or two or a few, but let that be it right there. As soon as the throbbing gone, let's let's change the course. I mean, truthfully, you have nine other toes, so 
thank God that it wasn't I. You know what I mean? Like, there's a way to, to, to change that course and keep it moving. But we like to wallow. We get in our emotions. And just like the brother said, and start saying things that we can't repair. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't force you to forget. I can apologize. But it's still in the back of your mind. Because we never ever uh-huh. go back and tell whoever we spoke bad about or to whoever we spoke it to, to to clear it up. And if right. we do, it's like, oh, it's too late now because they've told 10 people too. So now you just come on the earth to everybody. Uh-huh. And I think biblically it says something about the reputation. Uh, bro, you seem to know a little bit about the Bible, or maybe a little bit more than I do. I don't know if I can recall that one right off the top of my head, real quick, but I can tell you, you know, when Sister Quick was talking, you know, as we approach our life in this new year and you think about just, just what happened today, if you look at what happened today, um, from this morning to now, we all have something that we can complain about. Something happened today that we can complain about, but the the choice that we need to make or we should make is that I will not complain. Mm-hmm. Right? So that part that's speaking mm-hmm. that thing, if, if you speak bad things, I'm, today's just going to be bad. You will look for everything bad. You will see everything. things as bad. That are not bad. You you said it perfectly, man. I stumped my toe, but guess what? I got nine more. I got mm-hmm. nine more. I got a I got a very close. He, he's like a father to me. That um, had a bad accident. He had he back in the nineties. He walks with a limp. He first got out of the hospital. When he can't walk, he can't keep up. They go shopping. They go into the store. He sits down at the front of the store and lets the family continue to shop. And the whole time he's complaining. Why is this me? Why can't I walk? He's looking at everybody walking. And as soon as he gets to complaining really, really good, a man in a wheelchair comes in with no legs. Mm. And right then he says, from now on, this leg's going to keep up with me. Absolutely. No more complaining. No more complaining. At least I do have legs. One of them doesn't work as well as the other one. But at least I got two. Right. It's all mm-hmm. about perspective. perspective. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> I got in a motorcycle accident, and I'm I'm the baby of the family. And um, I'm explaining, you know, everybody's a little, a little upset and irate. And here I am nonchalant about it. I'm, I just thank God it was only as bad as it was. And I kept it moving. One, I didn't feed into what they were saying because I wasn't going to let them plant that seed of, you know, doubt or death or what have you. I'm going to keep it moving. Bend it up, wrap it up, brace it up, and keep it moving. That's what you're supposed to do. You can't be a testimony or you can't testify if you're complaining. You can't proceed it or succeed it with the complaint. It loses credibility. <laughs> From my experience. 
feel free to chime in. Grub, what's your yeah, thoughts on that? You 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 took me back. You <laughs> you took me back. Same story, man. Youngest one in the family. Motorcycle accident. Car takes me out. I have no gear on, no helmet. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I walked away. No gear on. The bike. At all. Nothing. No helmet. No nothing. I didn't even have a scratch right. on my body. Got hit by a car. Ooh. Oh, I was I was the, bandaged up. The, the bike had over. Four grand worth of damage. Wow. <laughs> That's how bad it was. I had a fractured ankle, some road rash, and I had surgery on my spine right before. So all I did was protect my neck. So I was ate up pretty bad, but I got up and walked away with a limp. Wow. And walking all the same. Yes. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Wow. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts on that? Not the accident, but... Oh, okay. I was about to say, you ain't getting another bike, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> I th- yeah. yeah, I think the, what was coming to my mind is, is that um, when when we don't speak good things and when we, when we are just full of complaints... Um, you know, I guess my question or my thought is, is how often do we stop and say, you know what, renew my mind, you know, and, and, and put up a prayer to say, God, you know, renew, renew my mind. Because, you know, we get overwhelmed, right, you know, with everything going on in the world and in between the, the stress of, of working and family and just trying to get things done. In life itself, we get overwhelmed. So I think um, sometimes complaining is is the easy thing to do, and it seems like it's probably like the most natural thing to do. Um, but when we get into that state, like, do we, you know, put up a prayer to say, you know what, God renew my mind? Because at that point, you know, you you've been beat down. You know what I mean? So it's so it's almost like we need to be our mind needs to be restored so that we can put forth those good thoughts. And, and be able to speak the goodness and, and enjoy um, the fruits of that, that goodness. I agree with that 100%. That's what we should do. Because we're not realizing that complaints are cancerous. They're like viruses. Your complaint can affect me, can affect my day. And I can complain to somebody else. It affects them and their day. But the moment mm-hmm. you complain to me and I tell you, you know what, it's going to be okay. It could be this. It could be that. That changed your thoughts. It has shifted your energy, your thoughts, in, into a positive direction. And now you went out and spoke positive for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Absolutely. My brother, what's your Absolutely. thoughts on that? Absolutely, brother. It's, it's contagious. It's contagious, cancerous, and uh, there, there's a quote I've shared with a lot of folks over my life that says uh, something to the effect of you'll become you'll become like the five people you associate with the most. 
Mm-hmm. So, so if you, you know, in essence, if, if, um, if the folks you hang around, the folks you hang around like the Dallas Cowboys, for long you gonna like them too. If some folks point. you hang around don't like such and such, after a while you're not gonna like such and such either. Mm-hmm. When the folks you're around complain all the time, you're gonna start complaining too. Right. But if the folks you're around are always speaking positivity. You're going to start speaking positivity in other people's lives as well. Mm-hmm. Not only will you be lifted up, you'll start lifting others up versus what you were talking about being contagious and being that cancer impacting other people because you're going to start changing mm-hmm. them. They're going to have a negative Absolutely. outlook, and next thing you know, their life's all negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old adage is misery loves company. Miserable misery people company. love other miserable people. Of course. We enjoy. We sure do. Listen, I don't <laughs> want to see you smiling, and I just stuck my toe. Because that's what you're laughing at. And now I'm oh, going to yeah. tell yours down, too. But the fact that's of the matter right. is, it should be, hey, bro, you all right? Just on some, I'm going to check on you. So that way, at least you know somebody checked on you. Oh, that feels good. Somebody actually cared about me. You know what I mean? And, and keep it moving. Like, we don't look at the small stuff. We we don't we too busy looking at the the pixels instead of looking at the picture. I'm gonna write that one the down picture. quick. Oh, you had that one, bro. I got plenty more. I I gotta write that one down. The fact of the matter, you're you're missing out because you're you're so focused. You're looking at things monistically. And and that's where the problem will come in at. That's where it comes in at. Because on the grand scheme of things, you wasn't there by yourself. You know, somebody checked on you. They didn't have to. Somebody offered you a hand up. You left out all that. And all the thing you can think about is you stumped your toe or you slipped. That's all you can think about. That's all you can think about. Just quick, what's your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, and the use, I've, I've heard the saying, you can't see the forest from the trees, you know. So I think it's, it's all, the, all the same, all the same thing. We we choose to focus on, I want to say, stuff that really don't matter. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, if, if you if you stub your toe, then okay, we're we're focused just on that one little accident, but we got nine others, or you know it could have been worse. We don't look at the it could have been worse portion of it. The possibilities, right? Right. We we always we focus on you know just that just that one negative. Um, you know, never mind the fact that. Even though you stumped your toe, if you were at work, you know you were still able to get in the car and drive home. Well, you know, thank God you didn't break it. You didn't have to go and 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 get it to the hospital. You know, checked out. Yeah, you know. So instead of looking at that and, and praising God for that, um, you know, we just hone in on on the smallest little thing that that doesn't that doesn't matter. No, it's and it's funny. I- I have a uh, an example, uh, Miss Quick. You remember when 
I fell asleep at work, and you called me and was like, you know, what's taking you so long? I'm like, oh, I fell asleep. And I got on the interstate only to find out that it was a horrible accident. They was actually redirecting the traffic from the interstate. Like, you remember that? Yeah. It's same situation. Same situation. Instead of, it was God. If I would have left when I was supposed to, that could have been me in that accident. After you heard that, and I'm telling you what took place, it was never, ever one of those, well, why you didn't leave on time? Ever since then, it has never been that conversation. Because, obviously, I left late for a reason. Because God was holding me for something. Mm-hmm. God saves us just like he, he blesses us. So when things don't happen the way it is, it could just be God saving us, which is still a blessing. My brother, would you agree with that? Yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah, wholeheartedly. There's um, some time, you know, naturally we take the path of least resistance, and a lot of times mm. that is to complain. Um, because it's easier to do that versus, you know, using the energy and the time to see the positivity in it. Uh, there, there's a silver line in there, but a lot of times you got to look for it, and we choose not to because it's hard to look for it. We don't want to see it right then. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. When I was young, <laughs> my grandmother used to be like, you know, there ain't nothing but the devil. The devil made me do it. And I'm like, but if you got dominion over the devil, then how he made you do it? Because God said we had dominion. Can we agree to that? We all agree with that part, right? Right, but and, realistically, <laughs> how many realistically. People, people don't really exercise their dominion like that? They don't? Is that because well, they don't know who they are? But see, think about this. God also gave you dominion over over the animals, right? When you get approached by a dog, do you do you speak dominion over the dog or do you turn around and haul ass? You know what I'm saying? I mean, no. we. See, not, not me. I pull my blade out because, you know, I don't like dogs. <laughs> but that's that's because of my my, you know, some guy got to get out of me, but uh, yeah, you still, but you have to be in over animals. If you show fear, that's when they take advantage of you. That's when you become the victim. I agree. But if you show strength and and dominance, they back down because you, they recognize you as the alpha. They they can sense the alphas in the building. So just because they don't exercise it doesn't mean that they don't they don't have it. Well, they had it because if you don't use it, you lose it. Something like that. I think that's biblical too, somewhere. But don't don't quote me. Or maybe I got it off a T-shirt. But either way it goes, if you don't use it, you lose it. 
my brother, what's your thoughts on that? You know, sometimes I think we uh, we give the devil too much credit. Don't know, man. Yes. We give him too much credit. That's just the devil, yada, yada. You know, that's just taking that easy way out. And saying that, mm. what we need to realize is sometimes that's God leading us into a test. Uh-oh. We can't give the devil so much credit. A lot of times it might be the spirit leading us in that direction to test us and make us stronger. You can't just give God, give the devil the credit for everything. I agree. See, me, if I cuss you out, it's because you're supposed to be cussed out. That's why I look at it, you know. I probably shouldn't look at it that way, but it worked for me. The whole thing about it is this. I have domain. I know who I am. I know who I am. And I speak the way I speak for a reason, because it's me. Although renewed, rejuvenated, polished up, it's still some dull areas. With that being said, everybody must accept me for where I'm at. I will never be where you want me to be. I will only be where I'm at. That's the hard part that people tend to have a problem with in other people. I have to respect you. Our brother, the way you was quoting the Bible, I have to respect you for your knowledge of it. More than me. I have to. Because that's where you're at. In life, we don't want to do that. We want to hold everybody to their standards, to their personal standards, and that's not fair. Is that something that we got to get out of, or how do we address that issue? Because this is this is a new year, it's a new mind. Wow. <laughs> You know, so I, I think we have to learn to accept others' contributions, and and sometimes we do. We uh, we hold our, ourselves to a high standard, and we start expecting those closest to us to have that same standard. And sometimes it's to a detriment. Sometimes it's 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 true, and, and I want you to be better. I want you to be more like me, but that's really sometimes the wrong way to look at things. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you know we. Like you said, let's be respectful of each other and, and just understand that, that is who you are. But at the same time, any time we get an opportunity to help someone change, we need to take that opportunity. But is it disrespect if it's unsolicited? So in my perspective, I don't know if it's disrespect. It's quick, this is what I can tell you is, uh, Always wait for that opportunity to open itself. If if you go just blurting it out and, and just telling people just who they are and who they ought to be, no, you're just pushing them away. You're just making things worse. Absolutely. Uh, whether it's just trying to help somebody, encourage somebody, or whether it's telling them about God, if you just go start spewing it out, you're doing nothing but spewing out words. Um, you're not going to make a difference. You're probably going to make things worse. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's, it's taking the opportunity when the opportunity is there. When the door opens, walk through. 
don't go beat the door down. <laughs> don't kick it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's wait for the opportunity and be genuine and be humble about it. You know, hey, uh, glory to God about where I am right now. But, hey, quick, if I go stump one of my toes, man, I'll change it. I can dig it. Yeah, I, I still got those moments too, man. We all do. It's it's um, This walk is not necessarily an easy walk. And it's something that takes daily uh, meditation, daily prayer, and it takes intent. You got to be intentional. Um, I talk about choosing not to complain, but man, it's intentional. You got to keep that intent. It's not something that just happens. Hey, I'm not going to complain today. You got to be intentional about it. It's, it's work. It's a daily, a daily walk, and it's daily work. It's yes. not easy. Yes, I can dig that. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? I. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, y'all must be talking about me, you know. Um, it's, I've I've been in in the place where, you know, you're holding people to to higher standards and expecting them to um, do as I would do, and not realizing um, that we're all built different and we can only operate within our within our own limitations and with our own boundaries. So having to readjust personally um, my expectations of, of different people that I that I encounter or work with or, you know, converse with or what have you, just having to readjust my expectations and um, relearn them um, in, in different situations and understand their perspective and respect that. You know, it's, it's a learning process. I think that... Um, so many there there's just so many different reasons why we are withdrawn from each other right now, whether it's due to covid or or the increase in social media or the you know um i guess increase with with working remotely so the less contact I find that the less contact you have with people you know the the more it's it's almost like the the more my expectations have grown. Um, and maybe it's because I've been growing and not realizing that, you know, those other people I encounter, their their life has taken a different course, so they may not have experienced as much growth as I have in a particular area. So just, you know, you, you you saying something right there when you have to just readjust your expectations and meet people where they are. Well, one of the things in communication, especially – um, when you're trying to uh, deliver them or even, you know, uh, lead them, you we have some people that, that meet kids, elementary kids, using professional collegiate words. You have to know your audience if you're going to communicate effectively. So to come at me and you're, throwing around these $100 words, I'll go toe-to-toe with you. But to go to my son and, and do this, he's lost interest. So you must meet them where they're at, especially if you're going to get through to them, especially. You can talk to someone on a collegiate level, 
with elementary words, and they will understand. The ego may come into play and, and ask, why are you speaking to me, you know, like this? But the message will come across just the same. So when you speak to someone about, you know, where you're at, oh, excuse me, where you want them to be, like the brother said, it, it could be misconstrued. Me, I would say it's disrespect because you you forcing it on me. Give it time. When the door open, walk through it. You can walk through it. You don't have to kick it open. You don't have to, to, to gorilla your way through it. Just walk through it. It's open. It don't take no force. They've opened the door. You've been invited. You, you follow me? So that's probably where we have well, we make the most mistakes. One, we're not beating anyone where they're at and respecting where they're at until it's time for them to, until they invite you in. We have Pastor on the line. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. You want to chime in on what you just heard? I just. Um, heard something of, regarding communication. I just heard something concerning meeting folk where they are, and I don't know exactly what direction you are coming from, but I will say, um, you know, from a biblical perspective, you know, one of the things that um, happens in the church, especially in the church, is um, you know, we're, we're we're busy speaking another language, trying to show how intelligent we are or how superior we are or whatever. And that's why, you know, the church is not growing. That's why uh, there's, a, there's a separation in the church. And it, and it goes contrary, really, to what uh, the Bible teaches, because uh, if Jesus was talking to farmers, he'd talk about, he'd say, a man went forth to sow a seed. He would talk in the fishermen. He would talk about, you know, <laughs> um, you know, throw your line on the other side or cast out into the deep. Right. You know, if he was talking to fishermen, he would talk about fishing. In other words, he would meet people where they are. And one of the reasons that we're losing the young people, in my opinion, is, you know, we know how to speak in tongue, if you will, all the hadobushan that we know how to do all that stuff. But we don't know how to speak in young, if that makes any sense. Mm. You know, mm. if they say something, you know, uh, uh, you know the way that they tweet and, and text and things, we don't know what they're saying. We don't know what they're doing. So we, there's, a, there's a separation. You want to hide something for from the majority of, uh, you know, older folk or church folk, all you got to do is, 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 is do what the young people are doing. They're, they're, they're speaking a whole different language. So we're not meeting people where they are. We're not we're not doing that. We're in this season where it seems like everybody wants to impress somebody else. You know, I got saved and all of a sudden uh, all I have is saved friends. I can't be around anybody else and that's just not that's just not of God. I mean <laughs> if you're saved, if you're you know, got yourself together with God supposedly or whatever then the folk you're supposed to be around 
is the unsaved folk. They help lead them mm-hmm. to the promised land, if you will. So, it, you know, uh, I don't know exactly what angle you guys are going at, but um, when it comes to communication, if you're not um, um, speaking the same language, if you're in two different places, you're going to have a disconnect. You're going to have um, problems, issues, situations, all types of things are going to arise. So we got to some kind of way find some common ground. So, again, don't know what you guys are coming from uh, or what you guys are headed to concerning the uh, the topic or whatever, but that's my initial little spill. Well, there you go. That's how you, that's how you break through the line. Welcome. My brother, what's your thoughts on what I said as well as what Pastor said? Yeah, so um, for me, you know, and it's, what you said is just is really really true. It's, it's knowing and Miss Quick, she said learning, right? That that's an intent part. Learning who you're who you're around, learning what makes them tick. Um, and when you speak to someone, if it comes to you were talking about if you're leading someone or trying to change someone, the worst thing you can do is look quick, man. You need to stop doing this because this is what's going to happen to you. That's just going to add fuel to the fire. Um, the best way to do it is to listen and then get when that opportunity comes, say, listen, man, let me let me share with you how my life used to be and how my life changed. Um, getting on that same level. And God will put you in those places. He'll put you in front of folks just like you, just for that moment. And I think that's why he uses folks that he chooses to use. Huh? <laughs> wait, wait, I didn't hear that last part, bro. I'm sorry. So I, I often look at my life quick and how God came into my life, right? Uh-huh. Lord, what are you doing with me? Um, so right. my story, you know, shared with you some time ago, did some illegal activities, alcoholic for 25 years. I find myself in a grocery store one day and I'm on the phone uh, with one of my partners from work or whatnot, and there's this guy standing beside me. He's not shopping. He's just standing there. He's staring at me. I've never seen this guy before in my life. don't know who he is, and he just continues to stare and stare and stare. And finally, I get uncomfortable, so I tell my partner, look, man, let me, let me call you back and see what's going on. And I turn to the guy and say, hey, how you doing? And he was obviously just drunk out of his mind, and, and he wants some money. And, and I don't carry any cash, but that day I had I had some coins in my pocket, you know, it might have been 75 cents. I said, man, I'll give you all that I have if you let me have an opportunity to talk to you for a minute. And I just shared with him my life and you know, the dangers of him being out in public like that. He could get arrested or whatnot and how my life had changed after 25 years of doing what he was doing. And it turned into just to an amazing experience. And I left out just thinking, you know, God, that was all you. Mm. All right. God God put a drunk in front of a drunk whose life is changed. <laughs> that moment was destined. And throughout that conversation, <laughs> now mind you, this guy looks nothing like me. This guy looks at me and says, I can't believe you're talking to me. And I'm like, brother, just understand. The only thing different between me and you is, you, you know, you got a little better tan than I do, right? That's the only difference. <laughs> We are the same, and he just. We are the same. I can't believe, I can't believe you're talking to me. And I said, Why, man? Because my skin's different. 
Dude, we're, we're the same, brother. I love you. God loves you. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it, man. That's how he works, man. That's what I meant when I said it's, you know, he, he chooses people for a reason. And he'll put us in the lives of others that we can impact in that way. Man, listen, bro. So I got a little chill. And, I'm, and man, thank you. I'm going to say that first. Uh, Glory to God. This, this homeless guy, homeless vet at that, homeless, living in the field. He's a, he's a Marine. He's still living in the field. Came by, wanted a haircut. Okay, gotcha. Cut his hair. How much is it? No, nah, don't worry about it. It's on me. The guy I was cutting before him says, I'm going to pay for his haircut. In my mind, I was already not going to charge him. So the money that he paid, I gave it to him. So the guy was like, you go take this money. You go take this money. I said, you 72, right? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, I'm 41. I said, you can't kick my ass. And so he said, I can't kick your ass. I said, huh. So from that day to this one, I say that. That is a friend of mine. I didn't know I didn't know his entire situation. His entire situation. Because it's none of my business. But every every client that I come that come to me that I take care of, I treated him just like that. This guy will see me, he can be in the middle of the road panhandling. Whatever he's doing. You see me, he coming to me. He's coming to me. He said, Why why did you do that? I said, because, bro, you're just like me. I said, you're a mm. child of God. Wow. That's the way it's supposed to be. So with this new mind and new man for the new year, I don't I don't believe in the necessarily in the calendar, in the flipping of the calendar. Why wait until January? January, I should be running full speed by then. You follow me? So I start when I start. That's the way it's supposed to be in life. You meet them where they're at, and we can start together from this point forward. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking to him any different than he spoke to me, and he knows out of all due respect to vets sitting here kicking how we kick it. But one thing for sure, when God put it on my heart, I'm going to move. And ever since then, we have been doing uh, homeless veterans I'm a veteran homeless clothing drive because I, we have a lot of brothers and sisters that's out here in those situations. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. We meet them where they at, and if you, again, if you're not going to speak positive, if you're not going to speak life, don't speak. Shut the hell up and keep it moving. Because you can kill or you can curse somebody. Now, Pastor, mm. that was the initial part of the conversation. I'm with you. I'm with As you. As a man thinking his heart, so is he. One of the things that um, I think we forget, um, I maybe don't want to realize, is that, you know, light wasn't made for light. 
light was made for the solution to darkness. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how we'll walk in a room, a dark room, and flip on a bulb or flip a switch or whatever. But, uh, you know, once we get into that, quote, unquote, our light ourselves, we forget about the darkness. We don't want to go back in those dark places. We don't, be, don't want to be around those uh, dark people, you know, and we'll tell them, well, you can come to our church, but you never told them to come to the church. You told us to go to them. And uh, so we've got this thing completely backwards, if you will. We, we, you know, and and if you're going to be, like you said, that new my, new man, you talked about starting in January. Um, one of the things about being a new man is understanding that, you know, you can't do anything about yesterday or tomorrow. All you have is now. We got to always right live in the now. You know, by the time I finish saying what I'm saying. You know what? It'll still be now. So in reality, it's always now. We don't have time to waste. We gotta, we gotta do it now. We gotta respond now. We don't have time to sit there and, you know, this brother don't have time to, you know, walk into the grocery store to say, well, you know what? I'll, I'll come back through tomorrow and maybe I'll talk to him. This guy could be dead tomorrow this time. So you know, the only time that we have is right now. So instead of saying, well, in January I'm going to get started. Um, you know, you know, you and I had this little running joke about if, uh, you know, uh, you you tell me that you're coming, then I should be outside waiting so that whenever, just right. whenever you get there, the door should be open. You don't even have to stop. I just, you know, get a little jump on in. Right there and jump in. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, that's another way of uh, looking at this communication piece. A lot of times, you know, people will say that they're ready. But in reality, they are ready, but they're not prepared. So if you tell me mm. that I'll, I'll be there, you know, I'll be ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And I get there, and you stick your finger out the window and say, give me two more minutes. No, that's not that's not the way it's supposed to be. So a lot of folks are ready, but we're not prepared. We're not, you know, we're not prepared for what we ought to be doing. And we're missing moments, and we're missing people, and we're missing opportunities. So we got to start living and understand that the time is now. It, it, you don't control the timing of it. You gotta, you gotta, you know. Well, once I go and I get two more degrees, or once I go and I, if God opens that door, I put that person in, in front of you. You got everything you need to be who you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, sure. so we gotta, we gotta start understanding that you know, in God there is no. You know, his, his time and our time is <laughs> is like night and day. Let's put it like that. Absolutely. So uh, we gotta get we gotta get our timing down. One thing I'm gonna say, and then I'm gonna throw this over to Miss Quick, is our now are the results of our past thoughts, our yesterday thoughts. <laughs> That's where we're at now. So, with that being said. Let's change our thoughts, change what we think now so we have a better tomorrow. Ms. Quick, what's your thoughts? I, I, I think that what everyone has been saying is very, very powerful. Um, you know, to hear the brother talk about how, you know, God put a, a drunk in front of another drunk, and the only difference, you know, was that, that you know, one had been delivered. But he still took that opportunity to... Mm-hmm 
you know, have a word with the brother. And, and, and I think that, you know, that's, that's powerful to me because those opportunities are few and far between now. You know, it's for some reason I feel like I believe and I've experienced that, that people who have been delivered from something has forgotten where they come from. And instead of saying, look, you know, I've been where you are, you know, and, and I see myself in you, if if I could just give you a word of encouragement, you know, like they they turn their nose up and, and talk about, you know, how, well, you know, God don't like shacking, God don't like this, God don't like that, and you really shouldn't be doing this. You, you know, um, and it, it becomes a situation where they're beating you down and not building you up. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's intentional, um, you know, because they're, they're only trying to help, but their, their approach is off. And because their approach is off, it, you know, it, for, for non-believers or, or people who um, are seeking to be saved and, um, just don't really know how to get there. I think we're we're turning people away, unbeknownst to us. But you know, and I say we because I, I got to hold myself accountable as well for uh, how I approach a conversation or approach people. Um, I think we're missing that. And and you know, Pastor said it's about being ready. And you know, the topic is new mind, new man. So we have to you know, renew our mind, renew our thoughts so that we can learn and and start to do a better job at, at pulling each other up. Mm-hmm. So essentially when you wake up, you should already be ready. Yeah, it sounds like you, I mean, you got to be ready. I mean, you know, I know at one, I don't even know if it, if it was, if it was church or if it was on, on one of the previous calls, but we talked about putting on the armor you know, basically, you you get up, you suit up. You know what I'm saying in this. And when you suit up, you you suit up for anything. You know, you putting on the armor of God, then you have all the protection you need, and and you also have all the weapons you need. Not literally, but I'm saying as far as word and encouragement is concerned. So we have to, you know, I guess find what words or or you know uh, what procedure or meditation tactics we need to improve self, you know, to arm self so that we can go out and do, you know, what we're called to do. Because I think that as, as each day goes on, we need more and more of that. And, and But the problem is, is that we're getting and doing less and less of that. That's why, you know, that's why when we talk about, like, all the troubles of the world and this pandemic, and that's why we are where we are, because... No one's been suiting up. No one's been preparing. No one's ready. Mm. You know, there's only one part in there that I, I personally have a problem with. We 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 have a tendency to, to think too much, to overthink. We're going to go out here and try to do this. No, just go do it. When you step out, you're ready, go do it. Because if you're... You personally may miss it because you're not ready. But God has put it in play to where the time is now. You're as ready as you need to be.
my brothers, can one of y'all help me out on this? Because, you know, I don't want to, I, I ain't got no waders on. I don't want to get that deep in the water. One of y'all help me out. <laughs> <laughs> so I think self a lot of times gets in the way. Um, as Pastor was talking about, we, we forget about where we came from now. We're, we've been delivered, and now I'm all this and that, and bag of chips and whatnot, but and self gets in the way when really this life is mm-hmm. not about self. It's about others. And what we tend to forget mm-hmm. or, or we don't realize the impact we can have on others. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, what, what you did for the vet, you know, that's, that's a powerful thing. And sometimes we, we don't realize the impact that we just, what happened just now, the impact we had on their life. And, and the impact that we had on their life is now going to turn to impact in somebody else's life because now he's got this testimony about how he was treated as somebody when others have treated him as a nobody. And it just, it's a continuous cycle. And if we could all just get into that um, intent to, to treat others like somebody, intentionally go out and try to help others, or just just think about the world of difference you can make in the light in, in the world. I mean, that's how huge it can be very, very quick. I believe that it has to start with, if again my my philosophy is, if you res, if you love yourself, you can love others. If you respect yourself, you respect others. I think it's a lack of self love and self respect, so we don't know how to love or respect anyone else. But that also goes back to how the church has essentially. Uh, stop the healing process or um, the, the repair, if you will, whatever, because you got to understand how God love and respect us, if you will. So that way we can love and respect ourselves. And then it bubbles over to love and respect everyone else that you come in, in, in contact with. But it's, it stopped. It has dwarfed. Someplace, all I can say is the church because um, those are that's the the repair for the broke people spiritually. And pastor, of course, no offense, but we have to <laughs> no because we we have to it's, it's it's the relationship with God that's the disconnect with the people nowadays. There's no relationship with God, so how can I love my brothers? If I don't love myself, I can't love myself if I don't love God. You agree, Pastor? Well, I mean, that's that's um, godly order. Uh, you know, you got that that habit of quoting Scripture, not knowing you to quote in Scripture, but uh, <laughs> the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and then love others as you love yourself. So that order is you love God, you love yourself, and uh, and you love others, because it's, it's impossible for you to uh, love anybody without loving God, and how in the world are you going to love me if you don't love you? If I don't take care of my car, why are you going to give me yours? I mean, it just don't, don't make a whole lot of sense, so that's the order of God, but, you know, one of the things that I found out that I was guilty of, and uh, from time to time I'm still guilty, is the Bible does talk about, like Ms. Quick was saying, 
putting on their armor. But it's amazing it says put it on, but you never read another scripture where it says take it off. And a lot mm-hmm. of us would keep getting dressed and getting undressed, getting dressed, getting undressed. And when you're undressed, you're not ready to go fight. But we're supposed right. to put the armor on and keep it on. And um, mm-hmm. I think I've told you all this, but my favorite uh, superhero, you know, it wasn't Batman and all these other folks because, you know, when an emergency came, they had to run to the bat pole and get dressed. But my favorite superhero was Superman because Superman, he kept his stuff on underneath his clothing. And all he had to do was just start running, and he was ready to do what he had to do. And that's the way we're supposed to be, man. We're supposed to, the Bible said, be you ready. You know, because in reality, it's not us that's doing it. It's God just working through us, you know. So all we are is just um, a vessel that he can use. So for us to say, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Well, it's not about being ready. It's about being available. God can use anything and anybody at any time, man. But, again, we keep putting the, the suit on and taking it off. We'll put the suit on and go to church on Sunday. But then uh, Tuesday, whenever the NBA game is on, and I want to go to the sports bar and, 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 and tie on a good one. I want to go out there when my bills get a little you know, out of hand, go out there and try to secure his bag again, then we take the armor off. But he never said take it off. He said put on the whole armor, not part of it, put the whole armor on, but he never said take it off. And, again, too many of us are are professional dressers, I guess you'd say. We keep getting dressed, getting undressed, getting dressed, getting undressed. That's why you don't know why you don't know who you're going to deal with, you know. Uh, one minute you talk to him in the – uh, grocery store the next minute it's like, look man, I ain't I got time to fool with you. You'll go three hours over and try to duck them. So um we just gotta man just become that new man. You know, you can't be a man today and a boy tomorrow. You can't think like a man today and think like a kid tomorrow. It says when I became a man, that's when I put away those childish things. So, you know, don't forget that you were a boy. Don't forget that. Don't forget how to talk, boy talk. Don't don't forget that. But you've got to be a man at all times, not just in your stature, but in your uh, mind. That's that's where the change, you know, has to take place. So, uh, quick, I'm about to believe, man, that you're trying to get me fired from uh, my job, man, because I'm supposed to be teaching on the mind all year long, and here you are Good for keeping you. away at it, man. So, uh, I think you're trying to get me fired, take my job. Oh no, you can have your job. You know, it does me no good because, like I said, my mine in the streets. You can have a, you can have with the church. You know what I mean? I, I, I'll see you out here because I get again, before, when I was like you said, when I was a boy, I, I thought like a boy. Now that I'm a man, I got to think like a man. You know what I mean? And in in being a man, it's again like I always say, it's like that water. You know, if you throw me over anything, I can cover it. You follow me? Protected. As a black man, I always got my arm on. Why do, as a black man, do I always have my arm on? Because for any situation, any scenario, I got to be ready. I got to be ready to help clean the car. I got to be ready to put gas in there. I got to be ready to help this brother up. I got to be ready to hold the door for this sister. I have to be ready. I have to be ready. But even if I have to encounter law enforcement, I have to be ready. 
I have to know who I am in order to be ready. Got to know who I am. So in order for me to know who I am, I have to know my mind. My mind told me who I was. It's embedded. It's been affirmed. So if you're going to speak negative to me, about me, I can't rock with you because you are trying to take my helmet off or my chest plate or my steel toes. Whatever the case may be, I don't want no parts of it. Or as my man said, I ain't having that. My brother, what's your thoughts on that? You know, what What? What fell on me just now, you were talking about, about, you know, being ready and, and keeping armor on every day. What fell into me is just when it gets really, really interesting is when we realize what our purpose is. That's when life just truly takes a different change. What is my purpose for today? Right? And and that's that goes back to when we were talking earlier about having that intent. And being mm-hmm. intentional about what we're doing, when we realize what our purpose is, life gets so much more interesting. And easy. You walk, actually. You talk, everything changes. Yes. yes. Once you realize your purpose. I agree. Ms. Quick, what's your thoughts on that? I think you, you all are saying it all. I, I don't have anything else. That I could add at this point, you know, my my two cents would be redundant to to what you all are saying. So, listen, we ninety eight cents. Your two cents will give us a dollar. So, <laughs> we appreciate them, my brother. You you're absolutely right. I have just learned that my purpose is to is to teach. And when it came on me, it was another, not like a cloak, but it was another covering. It was another layer, if you will. The reason why I say that, because like Pastor say, I don't know the Bible. I, I don't know the Bible. I have to teach from life experiences. You follow me? But I think it's just as effective. Pastor know the Bible. He can give you the theory on it. Cool. Cool. But the, again, there would be a disconnect when you don't know how to apply it. A lot of people don't know how to apply it. So you, somebody has mm-hmm. to be that tutor, as Pastor Teach, that tutor, and that's where I come in at, to show you how to, you know, to tie that shoe properly. I hear what he's saying. So you're absolutely right. When you know your purpose, it does become more interesting. And I, I just think it becomes easier as well because now you're not out searching you have a direction to go. You know you're going to the east now because you have a purpose to teach. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, you, what you said, I mean, it's a teacher, right? Uh, and you said you don't know the Bible, what have you. I think you know a lot more than you do. Um, yeah. That 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 application of so, so like and, and here's how here's how here's how it, it drew me right my my mentor um, who introduced me was an oh in his earlier times he was me we were of the same we did the same if he during his introduction if he'd have taught me the way the word is written now he didn't take away or add to the word but he taught me how it applies to my life. 
right? If he'd have just read it and preached it away as it's strictly written in those same words and not talked, actually showed me what it is, I wouldn't have been drawn in. Uh, and what you're speaking, you know, if, if I don't know how to tie shoes, but I can read a book and, and, and teach somebody how to tie the shoes, all I'm going to do is tell them how to do it. But because sure. you know how, you're going to show them versus tell them. And that's when that true mm-hmm. teaching comes in, that experience, that experience. That's how you draw people. Pastor, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you talked about finding and knowing uh, your purpose. Um, again, you're all over the Bible. The Bible says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I ordained you to be something. You know, the reason that we're here is with a solution to a problem. And when we figure out what we were, you know, uh, ordained to do, once you figure that thing out, um, life gets a lot easier. We don't have to do as much. You know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, a lot of these corporations had it down pat. They had what was called production jobs, and it would go from station to station to station. In other words, um, you know, um, uh, you know, you might, I don't know, put the tire on it, but the next person put the steering wheel on it. The next person, everybody had a role in it. And what we try to do is we try to be what they used to call a jack of all trades. You know, there's a problem with that. Yeah, exactly. You, 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 you're not accomplishing. Uh, anything, but the way it was meant to be, the way God laid it out to be was, okay, if you're supposed to be in the street teaching and I'm supposed to be in the pulpit teaching the ones that go to the street, that's the way it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an order to this thing. The Bible calls it the body of Christ. We're supposed to work, you know, the hands supposed to work together with the feet, take them over there, the hand leans down to pick it up, the eye can see it. You know, everybody's got a got a purpose and a reason. And when we find that out, instead of stumbling over each other, instead of fighting with each other, instead of trying to do what everybody else is doing, because the majority of the time we want to do what makes the most money or what gets the most attention. And in some cases we want to do um, what, you know, requires the least amount of work. You know, things like that. But you got to do what God created you to do. I mean, okay, God got me in a pulpit, got me in a church. Okay, that sounds great, but don't nobody know that behind the scenes my wife is grinding. I mean, she's you're making a brother look presentable. She's making sure my kids are good. She's making sure that, you know, I have what I need. You know, and it's sort of like, well, dog, I get all of the credit. I get, you know, too much of the credit. But the truth of the matter is, you know, she had to embrace her purpose and say, well, you know, I'm supposed to be the one to keep him lifted up, you know. And uh, everybody has a role in this thing. So instead of fighting with one another, I let you do you. And you let me do me, and once I finish with my piece of it, I pass it on down to you. And that's the way it's supposed to work, man. But for whatever reason, we, well, I know why. We haven't become a man yet, you know. And that's why a lot of, I think, women are confused because, um, and I'm, I don't know why this had to come up, but I got to go ahead and say it. You know, 
a lot of men, you know, a woman will see a man in a certain area, but not in all areas. You got to be a man in every section. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't just be a man in that bedroom and not be the one, the same one, you know, in the garage or whatever, you know. We we we, we got to stop, again, putting on that armor, taking off that armor. We got to be consistent, you know. So God said, I knew you. I knew what I ordained you to be. This is your purpose. Find your purpose, and then with your purpose, every day you get up, he said, I got a plan for you. So with your purpose, you carry out the plan. And it's, it's just that easy. But we've complicated it, and we step outside of um, our area of gifting, our area of anointing, whatever you want to call it. And uh, all of a sudden, here I am. I've opened up a shop. I'm trying to cut air and uh, jacking people's head up. I'm out there, you know, and, and that's just not the way it's supposed to be. When you find out that you're supposed to be a teacher, that means that, okay, cutting hair is your gift. God will use that, but that's just something he's using, but it gives you the opportunity to exercise your gift, which is teaching. You got everybody sitting in your chair for, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is, and uh, even though you're providing a service with the with the, with the the cutting, you got the opportunity now to teach. And come on, man, all you got to do is plant the seed. Now, after you planted it, the other brother right there, he might come along, you know, and water that seed. And then at some point, there's going to be some increase that comes out of it. So we got to work. Part of being a man is understanding you need other men. We have to work together. We have to work together. We, we're no man's an island. We got we to gotta get out there and we got to work together. And when I say man, I'm including women too because a lot of times we exclude them. And uh, there's just as much of a part of this process. So um, I'm loving what I'm hearing. Well, I know my brother has something to say, so I'm going to pass it on over to him real quick. My brother, go ahead. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. You know, using your platform, and uh, it's funny. Just had this similar subject just a little while ago earlier tonight on a different call. But using your platform and being willing to use it, right? Um, if, if that's your calling, um, you know that should be your calling no matter where you are. Um, if you're at the gas pump, if you're standing in a boat um, with a crowd of people around you. Uh, if you're at the barbershop and somebody's sitting in your chair, are you willing to use your platform to use that to provide and to, to work through that calling that's been given to you? And um, it, it's amazing, like uh pastor was saying, all it is takes is a seed. And eventually that seed's going to continue to get nurtured and there's going to be growth. And um, they may not ever come back and tell you thank you. They may not ever come back and tell you, look, man, look how my life changed, and it all started that day you talked to me in the chair. Um, but just know every time somebody gets in that chair, there's an opportunity right then to plant one more seed. It may get spit oh, out. Of course. It may take root. But mm-hmm. every time, every chance you get that opportunity, man, plant it every single time. You know, I agree with both of you. Um, and how you say the women – uh, is also a part, of course. My thing about that is, and it's not to dismiss women at all, but as men, 
as as males growing into adult men. Which there's a difference between a male and a man. We'll talk about that later on, another show. But as men, we have to solicit the help of other men to build the community because we're the leaders. If you want to know the status of a community, they use the men. Whatever level the man is on, that's how they identify the status of that community. Look at the white community. Look at the status of the white man, the appearance of the status of the white man. The black community, look at the status of the black man, or so they try to portray it. So as men, we have to build each other up in order for them to build their house up, to build, you, you know what I mean? So it spreads because they're the leaders. Would you agree, Pastor, or disagree, or give me your thoughts on that? Well, it's, it's not even for me to um, agree or disagree. I've got to accept what, you know, and again, I have to go by, uh, you know, what I believe to be true, you know, in the Bible, you know, um, and just about every major religion, if you will, uh, supports exactly what you're saying. But, you know, God um, <laughs> holds the man accountable to what happens in the house. And a lot of times we think that's our own individual homes, but even in the community, he's, you know, whenever everything broke loose back in the book of Genesis, he came through, the Bible says, in the garden. And he never said, Eve, what have you done? Eve, did you eat some of this fruit? Eve, have you been talking to the enemy? He never even mentioned Eve's name initially. He said, Adam, where you at? The chaos is broken out in this community. The devil's gotten loose in this entire garden. Sheer hell is going on around here. Adam, where are you? In other words, Adam, you're not where you're supposed to be. Let's bring it back now. He wasn't really even saying, Adam, let's push it the way you just said it. He said, man, where are you? Man, where where are you, man, when it comes to the school system? Where are you on the job site? Where Where are you, man, in the church? You know, the schools, there's not very many men. You know, um, the, the the church, there's not that many men. Even in the community, it's not that many men. It's just we're missing in action. We're 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 somewhere. So that's what God asked me. He said, "Man, where are you?" And he called him Adam. Obviously, man, where are you? Where? In other words, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not where I left you. And because you're not where you're supposed to be, that means you're somewhere in uh, uh, you're not supposed to be. Okay, if you're somewhere, if you're not where I suppose where you're supposed to be, that means you're not doing what I called you to do. Because I told you to do it right here. That means you're somewhere doing something you don't have no business doing. And so that's the thing. That's the issue of it, uh, right there. You know, man does have a responsibility. That doesn't mean he's greater than the woman. He has a totally different responsibility than that woman, and God's going to hold, um, or he does hold, men accountable. He really holds us accountable because we're supposed to be uh, that example, and we're supposed to be that covering. We're supposed to be the one that ensures that things go according to uh, the will, the way, and the plan of God. So uh, you're absolutely on it, man. That's scripture, so I don't have to. 
agree or disagree. I just got to accept that because it's, it's not going to change. I mean, if somebody come knocking at my door right now at this late hour, you know, um, I, you know, man, I don't mean no harm, but how would I look? What kind of man would I be? I tell my wife, hey, go get the door. It's dark, getting close to midnight, and I'm going to send my wife or my daughter over to that door to get the you better, man, come on now. I'll beat you with something. I mean, come on, man. That's my responsibility. I'm not saying that a single woman can't do it, a single mother. They got to do what they got to do. But ultimately, that's a man's responsibility is to uh, take on that lead role, make the decisions for the household, the community. And when I say make them, not to where they're dictating, but that man is prayed. He he understands the magnitude of it. He understands his decision is going to uh, affect a lot of people. So all I can say is, man, where are you? Where, where, where? I mean, we're missing in action, and it's time for us to uh, get up, get dressed, and get busy. I, I agree. I'm gonna ask both y'all this: How many families where you have multiple men in the family? And none of them talk. Could be in-laws, could be whatever, but none of the men talk. And you wonder why the family is in disarray. Does rhetorical? Because I don't want nobody. I ain't trying to step on nobody's front porch. I'm just simply saying, as men, we have to. We have to. Mm. Brother, what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Pastor went where I was. My mind was at about you know, men being in the church and uh, been blessed with the opportunity to go to a lot of different churches, and that is what you see in about everyone I've, I've been in. Is there's not that many men, and you know, so how do we get more? Um, we educate one. How do we draw them? How do we bring them? Uh, if you, you look at the, the children, and I can speak for my own self, my children, they were in church a long time before I was. Um, but how did they get there? Godmother, auntie. And I look back early, early, early in my life. How did I get to church? Mama. Either daddy didn't go or daddy wasn't there no more. And um, so how do we change it? You know, it, it takes the Number one, we got to pull each other in and and be our brother's keeper. And two, we got to educate, including myself. I still need education on some of these things. Life's not not life's not perfect for any of us, but we can all learn. But man, what a difference we can make with more men um, being that example um, in the community, in the church, and in our families as well, for sure. Um, so it, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge we need to take on. How do we get more men involved? This week, we're going to have the Man Up Challenge. Uh-oh. Pastor, you hear me? Man Up. All right, I'm listening. Lay it out. This is the protocol. Reach out to your brothers. Bury the hatchet, whatever you got to do to fix it, whatever the case may be, get out of ego. Get out the past. This is the new year. You're a new man. You have a new mind. So let all that old stuff go. Have a conversation so we can rebuild our families, so that way we can rebuild our communities. 
Man up. <laughs> He's back in the Bible again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. And the Bible tells us we're supposed to take her out to the man um, and reconcile him, right? Don't go to sleep on it. Take it back. Uh, you know, when you when you hold on to it, that's just uh, you're really just keeping a yoke on you. Um, as Quick had said something earlier earlier in the night, and you know, it kind of got me stirred up on the inside. You know, when you um, you don't take time to recognize who you are around, and, and you don't take time to to, to mend it or, or to reconcile. Um, you're not only just hurting that person, you're hurting yourself because you walk around now you got this baggage because every time you see this person, you're just going to turn and go out of your way to avoid them. Um, the Bible tells us we're supposed to reconcile. We're supposed to take it to each other. Uh, you might not even know. I might not even know what I did offended you quick, and I will never know unless you come bring it to me and say, look, man, what you did offended me around, I don't even know anything going on. But you're supposed to bring that to me and let me know. That way we can reconcile and fix this thing. I agree with that. Um, and don't go to pastor, right? If you got a problem, you come to me. But the problem is we don't take our problems to the person we have a problem with. We take it to everybody else. Who's going to check me on what I do? Only I can fix that. Only I can. So if, a, if I offend you, come to me and say, bro, you offended me. And I can either say, well, you give me too much power. I shouldn't be able to offend you. Or I can say, you know, let's have a conversation about it. But either way it goes, we can have an understanding and we can get beyond it. Because somewhere in the Bible, it also says, you know, y'all should settle your squirrels or your beefs with each other before going before the judge, something like that. Something like that. I know that's in there somewhere. But anyhow, that's what you do. Let's do it man to man without anybody else getting involved. Man to man. And if you and you if you feel as though there may be a disconnect, we can have a mediator there. Somebody to to help mend it. But either way it goes, we shouldn't go to sleep. Still beefing. Yeah. I I heard a I heard a preacher say one time he he may or may not be on call. I heard a preacher say one time, if you're going to come to me talking about quick, you need to go ahead and bring quick with you when you come. Because I ain't going to talk to you about quick. But I'll talk to y'all together. Yeah. That's that's, that's about how it goes. That's about how it goes. Because remember now, nobody ever asked, what did you do? They hear what you're saying that I did. You never put in there what you've done. Never ever. Pastor, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, uh, two things. Number one, y'all over the Bible again. The Bible says if you find your brother in a fault, you go to them. That's 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 what it says. And it says if you don't hear them, then you get a mediator and you go back. That's that's absolute Bible. But even in these archaic times, man. If people had a, a, you know, they used to have shows like Gunsmoke and these old westerns, and they'd have a six-shooter that would shoot 87 times. But, you know, if they got mad at each other, 
they would have a duel. They would they would settle it as men. And after they got finished beating on each other, whatever they had to do, they go in the bar and have a drink. You know, we don't do that. We stay mad forever. So now let me tell it on myself. I don't mind confessing. But after I finish confessing, I'm going to show you how good God is. It sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but I think Quick will know, understand what I'm talking about. You know, here I am trying to get everyone, including other men, to bury the hatchet, you know, to, to, to deal with these things, to go to each other, to talk it out and things like that. And then I'm holding on to pain and a grudge from my own father. Well, you know, I could say it's my father, but it's, it's a man. It's still a, it's still a man. And, you know, uh, forever, Quick, his wife, and so many others, you know, pissed me off and put him in talk to the man and all this. Just on and on and on. But you know what? I made up my mind, I guess in November, I think it was, that, you know what? I, I can't keep doing this. I got to get it right. And even though, yeah, he's the one that's wrong, I'm just as wrong for holding on to it. And so as painful as it was, and sometimes it is, I want y'all to know, I talked to my pops probably twice a week, just about every single week. Not because he called me, but because I called him. I called him because, you know what, it's time to bury that. If I'm going to be a man, then guess what? If I got a problem with a man, I go to that man, and I get that thing straight with that man. And that's the way it's got to be, man. We shouldn't walk around like this. And I'm telling you, I'm not. I'm 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 thankful that it's being done, uh, you know. But at the same time, I hate that it took this long. But I'm proud of myself that God gave me the strength uh, to be able to get it done. And 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 He's like a entirely different person. He's He's completely different. I mean, He's just. You know, he, the way that he talks, and he's like, you don't even know what this means to me to just hear your voice and just to have you calling me. And I keep telling him, I said, you know, it's, it's, it's no joke. I said, it's time for me to do better. And I stopped bringing up what he's done. We discussed it. I told him my feelings about it. I even told him, I, I really want to take you to the woodshed. I'll do something to you. I want to, I, really, I believe I can handle you about 80 years old. I can do something to you right now. You know, but the bottom line is this. What is that going to resolve? It's going to show you I don't need to prove to him I'm a better man than he is. I need to be a man. I need to be a man. So I can't keep saying to this brother that's on the phone or quick or miss quick or even my own sons, you know, that you face your demons. You stand up to them. You look them in the eye. You give them a firm handshake. You're just as much man as they are. And then um, I'm not practicing what I preach. So, you know, that's that's my little story. It, it, it was, um, you know, it's been a painful lesson, and it still hurts from time to time. Because every now and then, when I slip that armor off, I get mad again, and I, I, you know, I'm like, man, this don't make sense. He left me when I was four, four or five years old. You know why? Well, I gotta make up with him. But then, as long as I got that armor on, I understand. You know what? It's not for him to fix. It's for me. And I got to do it because that's what God expects out of me. I found my brother in a fault, and now I go to him. But I don't go to him all the time, son to son. Initially, I went to him as a man and told him how I felt. And now I can go as a son. Now, I I ain't ready to take all the advice yet and all that. You got to keep 
keep praying for me, brother. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I get up and call every now and then. Forgive me, Lord, but, uh, you know, uh, I had to begin that process. So, yeah, when you find your brother in the fall, you can go to him. Go ahead and get that squash. Get it get it worked out, you know. It is what it is. And uh, and that's the way we got to start living. And we got to hold each other, as the Bible said, accountable. He said, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because you know, you know, some of the situation passed in. Uh, I reach out. I tried. I I, I man where he was. Listen, it's it's cool if it ain't. So you text me happy Thanksgiving, son. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, pops. I keep it moving. Merry Christmas or whatever the case may be, that's what we're going to be at. That's cool. But I'm not going to pull you. I'm still here waiting. I'm not going to pull you in my direction. I walked over to you. You walked away. So I get what you're saying. You did You did your part, and I'm, and I'm as a brother, as a man, I'm, I'm proud of you, and I love you for that. You know what I mean? Period. Yes, sir. You fixed it. You fixed it. I just plant seeds. It ain't for me to fix. Maybe <laughs> just plant the seeds <laughs> and leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. But it's, that's, it's all love. Again, I, I'm not, I even, you know, when we first tried, it was, I'm not going to bring up the past. That's between you and my mother. That's it. We may not be able to establish a father-son relationship. You could be a grandfather to your grandkids. I don't need daddy. I am daddy. But I went to him as a man and laid it down. Just the rules. Just the protocol. Leave it in the past. When I was younger, he reached out to me because he was trying to get to my mama. Boy, you got to call her for that, bro. <laughs> he had to call her for that. So I say that to say, as as a man, you do things in in a, in a man type way. Remember, being a man is an agenda. It's an obligation. It's it's not a, a trial. It's not we go try to do this. You're going to do it or you're not. You're going to be a man or you're going to be a male. That's that. And, Pastor, you, 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 you're a man. Uh, and I love it. And I'm, again, again, I'm proud of you, bro, for all this work. My brother, what's your thoughts on manning up? <laughs> It sounds like three of us have a similar story. And, um, you know, for me, it took uh, nothing was genuine. Uh, There were times when he reached out, but because of all the times where it was just reaching out, it never proved to be anything. Uh, None of it was genuine. 
Um, so I ignored it or whatnot. We went many, many, many years with no contact. But God stepped in his life, and God stepped into my life, and one day we ended up um, at a funeral together. And um, things changed from there. And I still hold back. Um, there's still some things I'm not willing to let go yet. Um, but it's a work in progress. But, you know, hearing Pastor say that just now and, you know, rewinding the, the, the discussion tonight going back about how we teach others and, and, and how we use what we have, the platform, and, and how we go about teaching it and not forcing it. That was just a prime example of what he just gave. He didn't tell me just now I need to go fix things with my dad. He didn't tell you, but he taught us how life changed for him when he did it. And that's how, you know, any subject we have, that's how we can go change somebody else's life. So I was talking about our experience and how things changed once we did it. Yeah, it was tough, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he gave me just now, he, he gave me an example to show that, you know what, it can work. Yes. It was hard for him. It's still hard for him, but it can be done. So he just taught me something. Hey, uh, I still I need something. I need to go. I need to go uh, sharpen some iron right now. Uh, you try to go man up. Yeah, it's time to man up. Go, go. Maybe I need to let go a little more and, and see how things will go. It's only fair to say that everything happened in his own time. Mm-hmm. Hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Yes. So all the pain that our father put on us, it's probably because they were hurt. I don't know. I just know hurt people hurt people. The healing process came with your father when he found God, just like it came for you when when you found God. Yeah. And God put you all right in the same presence. For reason, regardless of the situation or the circumstance, it was there for a reason. Just my, just again, my two cents. <laughs> so true. That's all I got. So true. It's funny you said, Joel. My uh, father came. When I was 16 for a funeral. The first time I, I had seen him is out of diapers. <laughs> out of diapers. Mm. Can't say as a man, but out of diapers was he came down for a funeral. Wow. Yeah. You know, my, <clears throat> my experience there, you know, um, just wild scenario. It's his father's funeral, and I'd uh, I'd been asked to to speak at the funeral, or whatnot. And, uh, the family's gonna get together, and and he shows up, man. And, and you know, I, I I've known him. You know, I was I was a teenager when he took off, um, but he's got this group of group of men with him, and um, he comes up afterwards and introduces me to his church family, which I had no idea he knew what a church was. And um, they leave or whatnot, and now this um, our, our family is going to get together and have a meal. And 
One of the family members will not start the meal until he shows up so he can pray. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Well, it's interesting to hear how he prays over the meal right here because I ain't never seen this man pray before in my life. And that's that's when we kind of peeled the scab back a little bit quick and learned that man not only is in church, he's a deacon in the church, and uh, he actually is an employee of the church, and he does this out in the community and this and that. And it was just like, wow, maybe that's changed. Look at God. Well, look at God. Yeah. Well. I haven't been back home, <clears throat> per se, in in quite some time. And since then, both of my his both of my father's parents passed. And when I get the word, you know, hey, your granddaddy died. I was like, man, okay, sorry to hear it. So I reached out to him, hey, my condolences. You know, anything I can do, let me know. And so, that's I can do. Someone asked me, are you coming down for the funeral? I'm like, nah, I ain't messed with him when he was living, so why am I messing with him when he's dead? That's me. That's me. I didn't have a relationship with him. You know what I mean? Um, but I did offer to my father, if you need me, I'll be there. My sisters, if you need me, I'll be there. But me just coming on, on the strength of my grandfather, no, I, I ain't there. It ain't that. So maybe I'm not as mature in this situation as both you brothers. Uh, I think I told him not to call me no more if he couldn't call, talk to me while he's sober. And maybe mm. he took that as don't call him no more, period. But either way it goes, um, I just set the tone for the situation. Period. If you're not man enough to talk to me while you're sober, don't call me when you're drunk. That's just my situation. But, again, I may reach out to him because I'm a new man with a new mind for a new year. Thank you, brothers. Pastor, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think y'all are about to mess me up right now, um, because one of the things that you'll find out, man, is we got more in common than you realize. Uh, the Bible said there's nothing new under the sun. This uh, brother talked about he and his dad connecting at a funeral. Well, that sparked something in you. You know, you talked about you know that's when you saw your dad. If 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 we would just conversate with each other. Uh, and 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 see our similarity. That'll cause that'll cause us to open up and discuss some things. And uh, once mm-hmm. this, as Joel called it, pulling that scab back, then uh, you know the healing can 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 begin. And so, just because possibly I'm two inches farther along in this process than you, there's some areas where you got it together. Where I'm like, man, I ain't, I ain't trying to hear that yet. I need to. You know, for instance, you'll take your wife and y'all will go out to lunch and, you know, just kick it, I guess. I don't know how y'all do that, man. And, you know, I I hate that I don't do that. 
and I'll say I can't do it because I'm so busy or whatever. But I don't do that, and I, that's you know that's that's kicking my butt right now. So all I'm saying is we all got something we can. Well, there it is: iron sharpening iron, holding each other accountable. Um, you know, quick. I don't know. If, I think I told you before, but one of the places that I love going, well, at least before the pandemic, um, for the last 12, 14 years, is to the prison. I go there. There's one guy in there, and every time I go, he'll say, um, how's your wife? I said, man, I don't mean no harm, but, you know, why you ask me about my wife? I got to be careful with my words just in case, you know. <laughs> but uh, he said, well, he said, bottom line is this. You're taking care of all the churches. You're taking care of us over here. He said, when do you have time for her? And I got upset at him because the first thing my other dude was saying, I was like, man, he's he on it. You know, he, he's on it. You know, I make time for everybody but her, you know. And um, so this year I've got to be a better man. You know, if I'm a better man, then I can be a better husband. If I'm a better man, then mm. I can be a better father. And so – I can't be a better father or husband or even pastor until I'm a better man first because that's what God made me. He made me a man. I've got to carry myself as a man, see myself as a man, present myself as a man, and uh, think thoughts like a man. And uh, so in doing so, I understand that my wife probably needs more than I'm giving her, you know, possibly, or my children Maybe they need more than I'm giving them. I don't know because uh, right now I'm just from service to service to service to service to service, and it provides bread for my family to eat, but sometimes they need to eat from me <laughs> and not what I provide. So uh, this is a, a good thing tonight, man, but it's unfortunately slapping me all upside my head again, and uh, I don't appreciate it, but it's good for me. Sure. As my brother, we are wow. obligated. We are obligated to to do this for one, with one another. We sh- this is something that, again, to build a community, it wow. had to start someplace. It had to start someplace, and in these conversations alone, just from our upbringing, we're similar to our marital situation. We're similar, but we look at each other and say, you're different than me. My brother, you're, you're lighter than I am. Oh, that makes us different? No. Nah. Like you said, that just means I got a better tan. But I promise you, when it comes to skin folk, that may not be us. But when it comes to kin folk, by our mindset, that's where we at. Skin folk versus kin folk. Y'all can have that one. Mm. Wow. You know, oh, yeah. Pastor was speaking about, you know, the Bible, you know, iron shop and sign. So it, was, it comes, if you ever, it, it has to be continuous, right? Um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you pull out a knife and go to sharpen a knife, it, it doesn't get sharp that first strike on the stone. Mm-mm. But it does get a little sharper than it was before you. Rubbed it on there the first time So yeah, man, this is great man And it just takes continuation And the more we continue it the sharper we'll get The better we'll mm-hmm. get And, and the mm-hmm. better off we'll be 
I agree. Wow. It was a wet rock that they used to use back in the days. I'm not going to date myself. Yeah. But when they sharpen the knife, they use a wet rock. Yes, sir. Pastor, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> um, man, I'll be honest with you. I, I ain't heard nothing y'all say in the last five minutes. I'm messed up right now. But whatever y'all said, I'm sure it was good, man. But all I know is we need each other. We got to have. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, each other. Um, we got to have each other, man. I, I learned from other men. I learned from, you know, mature men. And it don't have to be men that's older than I, than I am, um, but men that are wiser, men that uh, know the way. If you know the way, then I don't have to keep running in that ditch. If you've been in it, then you know what you can you can teach me and and so we do need um each other now i did hear something about the the sharpening process i don't know what y'all were talking about but i do know this when i was a little boy i mean very 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 young and they would go to the barber shop men would get a shave and and they would do something that was amazing <laughs> to me uh they had this long belt looking thing you know, Strong. hanging off the side of the chair. Don't know what it was, but they would take that joint out and hit that thing a few times. And when those brothers left out of there, man, they looked like they had been manicured. You know, it was just just amazing, man. And so I think if we keep ourselves sharp, you know what I'm saying? If we keep ourselves mm-hmm. sharp, and guess what? We can go out and cut away some of this stuff, you know, some of these rough edges on some other people. But we got to stay sharp. We can't. Uh, I think Joel said something about continuous. We can't just get this what we got tonight, and then we're gonna come back together, brothers, in uh, six months. We're gonna we're gonna do this thing semi-annually. Come back together in six months, and then go hit it again at the end of December. We, we can't do that. We gotta, you know, we gotta be Superman. We gotta keep the, we gotta keep it on all the time. We gotta, man, we gotta, we gotta text each other. We gotta. Pray for each other. We got to, you know, when we're thinking about each other, give a call, do something. But it has to be continuous because Miss Quick hadn't said a word in the last at least hour. And uh, I heard you tell her, listen, we got 98 cents, but we need your two cents. And that's, you know, sometimes the women are waiting on us. They're waiting on us. They, they're, they're waiting on us to add our you know, what we're supposed to add or whatever. So, like I said, man, I'm kind of messed up right now. But, man, God is God is good. And uh, I don't know. I just thank God for tonight. I do. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? Well, um, I mean, I think that, that you know, <laughs> You're stepping on some toes because not only are you are you on it, you know, for pastor, but I mean for me as well, just a, a challenge to improve and be better. Um, and I, I get in these moods where I like to scroll and look for, you know, just inspiration. Um, and and I ran across um, a quote, and it, it said, "It's it's not the load." that you're carrying it. It's the way you carry it. So it's 
you know, I heard pastor say about um, having, you know, two churches and service after service, and and the and the man asked him about about his wife. It's you know, it's it's a 